G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Project Sports. My name's Corey and I'm joined by one of my best mates, Zach Rubb. How are you today, mate? Good, thanks mate. We're up to episode 9 today. Who would have thought? I'm shocked that iTunes and Spotify haven't uh, deleted us off use yet. It's amazing. Excellent. And how are you, mate? I'm very good. It's a long day at work, but um, good to be here with you on a Tuesday evening. Excellent, excellent. Well, let's rip into it, eh? We shall do. Why don't we start off with uh, Project Cash, because I'm sure everyone wants to know how that went. And yeah. it went horribly. No good, hey. Cat's just too hard to catch at the moment. Um, they let us... No, they were too... They didn't catch us at all. They, they well, did horribly. Like, one week I tip them and they lose, and the next week I don't tip them and they win, so I can't catch them in the tipping, and uh, I thought they were red... I thought they should have been red hot. For I thought that was easy money for Thursday us. Night. Yeah. I thought... First Thursday night, first uh, project cash. Yeah, you know we're gonna be making some bank straight to a hundred bucks. So we're down, we're down fifty dollars already. We are. Um, I will say though, in that game, the umps were against us. Like Dugowie, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. But Dugowie took a mark without even getting the ball into his hand. So that's a new skill, uh, I must say. So why don't you tell us um, what we've got this week? It's your turn. So. It is my turn. So I'm gonna try and yeah get us off to. To some sort of start, we haven't we haven't got off the ground yet, so hopefully this weekend is the weekend, and we're going to look to Friday night, uh, the Broncos versus the Storm, and honestly the Broncos they're just in disarray at the moment, obviously, and they've made a few changes to the lineup, that, you know that are expected: Milford to fullback, Dearden to halfback, moving Croft to five eight, Darius Boyd's still in the team, so I, they've just reshuffled the players. They actually haven't dropped anyone. On poor form, so for mine, I think same for the Broncos this weekend. It's going to be a tough one to watch, and they're playing the Storm, who notoriously play really, really well at SunCorp. So I'm going the Storm at the line, nineteen and a half, uh, at a dollar ninety. So fifty on that will get you ninety five bucks, and yeah. we'll only be five dollars down for our project yeah. cash yeah. so far. So, so hopefully we're back to we'll be almost off. even. Yeah. And, and we'll be off the ground with, with something. Yeah. So yeah. Be... But if we go down negative $100, it's not a great start. <laughs> it's not looking good. Yeah. Our multis did okay last week, but um, when you first told me about the Broncos and Storm one t- tonight, I, I didn't love it. I don't like backing against teams that have been down and out for a few weeks just because sometimes there's that big turnaround and um, you, you, you miss out. Um, same as like tipping a team that's lost four weeks in a row. They're bound to surely win once, but... I agree with the changes they've made. It's they're just shuffling players who are out of form around anyway. So I don't see how shuffling a player from half back to five eight is going to switch on the form all of a sudden. So no, and like I'll talk a little bit later about what the West Tigers have done with a couple of their players that are that are out of form and how that's worked for them. And not saying it's necessarily a better way, but it's just different. And at the moment, it seems to be going okay for them. Whereas you know Anthony Seabold at the moment is just sticking true to. You know, having faith in the players, which is all well and good, but at the end of the day, when when it seems like the players, um, you know, don't have any faith in you, then we've got to start to make some changes. I mm. think so, mm. um, or you know, not necessarily any faith, but just not. They're just not putting in an eighty-minute performance. Um, sometimes not even a twenty-minute performance. So yeah, yeah. Well, there but you go. Nineteen and a half at that. Yeah, storm to, storm to win by twenty points. I think uh, hopefully we we're, we're back in the the green a little bit. Um, on to golf, mate. We've we've skipped ahead. We usually start with golf, but um, we did. We have just done our golf giveaway. We have so well done to Jack Morris. I hope you're listening, mate, because you have won 
18 holes of golf at City Golf Club. And we'll be in contact very shortly if uh, you haven't seen that already. Um, <laughs> well so, done, little Moz. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoy that and uh, you have a good day out. Hopefully better than us. Um, on to the, the golf tournament between Rub and Wolski. Yep. Why don't you fill us in? It's five and four now. Yep. I'm heating up. I'm heating up. I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm heating up and I've got it back to five and four now. I was, for those of you that haven't kept up today, I was down five zip in the first five mm-hmm. weeks and, and now five and four. So big week this week. Big, yeah, look. Big game def- on Friday just is to, to even, even it up. up. Yep. Um, and for you to be able to... Get one back. Well, look, you I'm, must be I'm, getting a little bit nervous. I know, I, you, I know you keep telling everyone that the story about uh, your mum telling telling me to you to let me win, but surely you haven't let me do. Yeah, it I shouldn't have taken mum's advice too literally. Mm. Um, like she said a couple times, and it's been four times now, but a couple, four, you know, whatever, whatever works. Thanks, mum. But um, look, you you know me well enough already. I thrive under pressure. You know, low intensity situations just don't get me excited enough to perform at my best. But when there's something on the line, that's maybe we've got to put some, put some money on it or something because then I will just come, I'll be like a, a lion and you won't be able to stop me. So <laughs> in saying that though, we are playing so much better. We are, we are. I think we've both dropped like between, somewhere between like six to ten shots yeah. in a round. Yeah. So, so we're pretty we're much... Getting, we're getting better, which is good because I think a couple of weeks ago, we were it, both getting disheartened because we weren't it getting better. It looked like it was... Never going to be any fun. So, but like, we're honestly looking ready for potentially PGA sort of standard next year if we keep at this rate. So, um, give us a shout out, um, and uh, hopefully we can get there. So, um, so five and four in the in the golf. Let's go into our multi for the week. Yep. Uh, do you want me to go first, or do you want to start us off? You can go first, mate. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm back in the lines in here. I I thought they played extremely well last weekend. Um, and I'm going to put some money on them to continue their form. I think they've, if they can do it again, they'd just really solidify themselves as one of the top premiership contenders. So they've got the Demons up this weekend. who haven't been going great. Um, they did win last week against the Hawks, who are just down and out as well. Um, but the Lions to win against the Demons, I've got Hugh McCluggage and Kristen Petrarca, both for 15 touches. And then from the lines, Lincoln McCarthy and Dan McStay to both kick a goal. Um, I think they'll score and they'll score pretty heavily. You wanted me to put Charlie Cameron in as well, but... Charlie for two, that's the go-to. Yeah, look, I, I looked at Charlie for one. He's paying like a dollar and eight cents, and it's not even worth tapping my finger down for that. So that's fair. Um, with all that, so the two two goal kickers, two disposal getters and lines to win, paying six bucks. So I'm pretty happy to take that. And uh, hopefully, I can get another roll this weekend. Definitely. What do you think? I hope, I hope so for your sake, mate. Um, the unfortunate thing is we seem to put these up on on Tuesday night. And so far, the ones that we give out are going no well. But we get to sort of Saturday, Sunday, and we start peaking a little. And, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the, the multis that are happening two minutes before a game starts seem to be, yeah, seems true. To be getting up. So. True. But we'll get I there. just feel bad for the listeners that they're missing out because we're not as bad as it sounds. Well, just remember this is not financial advice. No, it's this not. is purely a bit of fun. Um, but uh, in saying that, you've been going very well. I've been going okay. I'm, we're both up in our sports bet accounts, so yeah. sports bet are not making any money out of us. So no, no, sucked in tab corp holdings. <laughs> What's your multi, mate? 
Mate, um, I'm going to give you two options, just because I like I like to give people options. Yeah, and, all right. Uh, get a pillow, people. Get a pillow. I, I, I mean, I just absolutely love a Friday night multi. So, take this with a grain of salt, the first one. But I'm going Manly Seagulls, 1-12 to 12 against the Cowboys, into Storm 13+, plus for $4.20. That's my first. That's my first little, uh-huh. and you know, as I said, I just love a good Friday night multi. Uh, you'd love a Wednesday morning yeah. <laughs> multi on the, you know, who can lift twenty kilos in the gym. So, <laughs> um, if you do want to add a little bit more value to that, I'm going to go the Sharks to beat the Dragons. I just think at a dollar seventy five. I know it's the local derby, and we're going to talk a, a little bit more about that later, but. I think at $1.75, the Sharks go into this with a little bit better form. They're red hot. I know the Dragons are coming off a Seagulls win and a Doggies win, but I just think the Sharks at $1.75 is going to add some serious value. And then the Raiders at $1.50 to beat the Rabbits, that, those four legs will get you $11.02. So, um, yeah. So you're going, you've got an option, safety, safety option and a bit more risky option. Yeah, that's it. That's what we're going with. Yeah. Do you tend to ever put two multis on in the same game, like what I was doing last weekend? How do you mean? Well, I like to put on a multi that is almost a sure thing that pays me back like two or three bucks. Yeah. And I put on, you know, smaller amount of money on something that's paying me eight or ten bucks. Yeah. If they both pay off, happy days. But if only the sure thing pays off, then you make all your money back. Uh, I'm a bit superstitious when I when I gamble and. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I, 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 I think of it as like double dipping and I feel like if I double dip into a game, whether it's like, you know, I've got the same leg in two or three different multis or whatever, I just feel like it just puts the hoodoo in me kind of thing. And I also, this is why I don't think I go too well when I tell people tips is I feel like when I tell people stuff, it just... Like the teams are listening. It's, and they, yeah, it's just, it, yeah. I just, I just don't... Yeah, it's just a hoodoo. Anyway, it's my weird superstitions, but well, I do it anyway because I, I put I still put it on the line. Yeah. Because if I do jag one, I want everyone to get around it with me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to just be the, the bloke having all the fun. I agree. Actually, you're, I heard a story from your dad from last week. He put money on Hawks in a multi, so he had just I think Hawks to win and Port Adelaide to win and Lions to win. Got everything but the Hawks. Yeah. But then he forgot he had Hawks in his multi, and then he put another multi on with. Tom Mitchell to get disposals and someone else kicked goal and <laughs> Hawks to win and he lost that one too so he's a bit well I think he, he told me on Sunday that he got a bit nervous about the Port game he thought Port were going to lose wow and so close. what he did was he start, he double dipped so then he ended up having two roll into that Hawthorne game and that the Hawthorne stuffed him up in both so yeah that's what, see that's a double dip curse yeah I'm but telling you it's a thing I'm double dipping in the same game so I've got you know I might have a win and two disposal getters and a goal kicker. And then I'll put that on as a bit of a safety. Then I'll top that up with, you know, maybe a um, another goal kicker and another couple of disposal getters to really boost the odds up. And that's... But I'm not double dipping because I'm using the same... Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm right. having a high risk and a low... Like investing in shares, I guess. I still think it's double dipping, but anyway. All right. Well... That's the curse. Um, tips now, mate. <clears throat> we're going to talk about where we're sitting at the moment. So... Um, I fired up a bit on the AFL this week, so I pulled another tip in front of you. Yep. But you've also got one ahead of me in the, the NRL. So, 7 out of 9 for me last week in the AFL. I had a pretty good week apart from the Cats. And what else did I get wrong? I think 
think I got obviously got one more wrong, but I can't remember which one it was. I couldn't tell you to be honest. I can't remember either. I talked with Bulldogs, which I was pretty confident with that one, so I was happy there. You missed, I think you went Bombers. So I, I think did, I, I think, got, yeah. I got one on you there, that's where I yeah. got it. Um, but, so 7 out of 9 for me, 6 out of 9 for you, so I'm, I'm up 2 now. Yep. Um, so I'm up 3 in the AFL, over you. I went 5 out of 8 in the NRL, so useless, because guess what? Stupid me tipped the Broncos. Mm, do what you would have. Basically throwing tips away, like, mm-hmm. just come and get my money. And then uh, you got six out of eight. So I'm sitting on 47, you're sitting on 48, which puts me up plus two. So if golf, I'm up by one, tips, I'm up by two, beating is by three points. Cool. <laughs> Alrighty, let's get into our um, news for the week, mate. So NRL news first, you can kick us off. Yes, yeah, sweet. So um, we'll take us back to Thursday night last week, and we're going to go with... The Raiders actually shocked me, and I think they shocked a lot of people because, I mean, the... The Roosters were like a dollar five or six or something to win. And so this this ruined our multi straight away oh, on funny. a Thursday night. Again, I mean, we had it was it was no good. Between Roosters and uh, cats, we were done. Um, well, the amount of people who I saw on Facebook saying, <laughs> Where do I send my invoice to the Roosters to claim back my money for that multi loss? Um, but I mean you've got to give credit to the Raiders. They come out, they were absolutely pumped up for that game. They were the the typical back against the wall. Everyone counts us out except for the people in this room. Um, and they really come out with that siege mentality. They started hard and they just um, they grinded their way to a, a really good win and they forced the Roosters into, into some errors, or, you know, uncharacteristic errors. Did you, um, did you expect the Roosters to go out and flog them like what the odds would have suggested? Oh, to tell you the truth, yes. Okay. Uh, and only because, you know, I just thought Hodgson... Um, their hooker going out to a ACL injury was just huge. I just thought he just really runs that team. He's you know regarded as now has overtaken this year Cameron Smith as as the best hooker according to to some. And I just think yeah I just thought without him that they were really really going to struggle. the f- The team hadn't been in great form um, leading into that game, and yeah I th- I thought the Roosters the way they were going were just going to tail up another forty point win. But how wrong was I? Oh, well, I guess I suppose just the Raiders, whilst they haven't been putting on fantastic displays like, say, the Roosters haven't, even the Eels and probably Panthers in the last couple of weeks, yeah. just been hanging in there. They have been, yeah. And, and that's, that's, um, that's what you got a credit do. to them. you got yeah, to do credit that. to them. And, you know, if they can now build off that, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit later on with my... Uh, they're actually in my game to watch this weekend. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, going well. And it's not, not what I expected, but... Congrats to the to the Raiders. Well done for mm. ruining everyone's multi. Yeah. But anyway, um, then going on to Friday night, I, w- I want to take some time to talk about the Tigers here. They they had a huge win against the Broncos, and look, I'm not gonna I'm not t- gonna take too much out of it because yeah, as we know, the Broncos aren't going well, and I don't want to talk about that because we want to talk about negativity. Um, but the Tigers they had a big win against a lackluster Broncos. But one thing I do want to talk about is Benji Marshall now. This is a bloke in his 30s. He's done it all, won grand finals, golden boots, played for his country, you know, gone to rugby union, come back. And at, uh, probably about three or four games ago, he got dropped from the, the side uh, because of his defence. The, the coach pulled him into the office and said, it's not up to standard. Uh, and he really set an example by dropping his most experienced player from the side. And the talk around Benji Marshall after that was, 
you know, he's going to look for a new club. Clubs are on the lookout. He's going to go play elsewhere and finish off the year there and all this sort of stuff. And I actually watched one of the best things I've, I think I've seen, to be completely honest with you, was on, um, uh, on, a, on NRL 360. And they, they were quizzing Benji about all, the, all these rumours and whatnot. And Benji basically just said, you know, none of the rumours are true. I don't really care about that. Um, I know what I've got to do to improve. And he said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to work on those things. I'm going to work my ass off. And I'm going to fix it. And he said, I guarantee you by the end of the year, I'll be back in the side. Come two weeks later, um, he's back in the side and he's in a he's in a big win against the Broncos. But just how, like how classy is that from an experience? Mm. But like he's done it all, I know. And, and it could have quite easily just gone, you know what? I'm in my 30s now. I've got drop. Let's just throw in the towel. Like, let's just not worry about it. Let's let someone else take the job this year and I'll just keep getting paid and and that'll be sweet. I'll see out my contract. But he's just turned around and, and I think it's a it's a really good example for young blokes coming through, especially who, you know, potentially don't take criticism too well when, when you do get dropped or when you do don't get, you know, you get told that you're not playing well and you're not going to be in the team and all this sort of stuff. And, and they just sort of kick up a stink then and go, oh, well, I'm going to look for another club because, you know, I'm I'm worth more than this. But... You know, what Benji did was just accepted that what he what he was producing wasn't up to the team's standard and wanted to get better. And he's done that. He's come back. And I'll read out a couple of stats for you from that game on the weekend. He scored a try. He had a try assist, um, two line break assists. He had 15 tackles. Now, he got dropped for his defense uh, or being a defensive liability. Guess how many tackles he missed out of those 15? One. He missed zero. There you go. So isn't that that's just you know that's intent there from from an experienced player just to come back and he knew exactly what he did wrong and he's worked on it Fixing and it. Um, and yeah it's just a great example for for anyone out there in sport just to keep persisting and don't just throw in the towel because mm. you get a little setback. Yeah, no, good on him. It's good good to see and hopefully the Tigers continue their little run here as well. I mean you you're right. It's only the Broncos that they've beaten, but put forty eight points on. On uh, they what that Broncos were on the field, obviously. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, just checking. <laughs> they were present. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They signed the roster, and they, they. Yeah, the next one I don't particularly want to talk about, but I've got to do it. The Bulldogs they blew oh. a lead on the buzzer to lose to the Dragons. It was absolute heartbreak for myself and all doggies fans out there. Uh, however, what I want to talk about here is the Dragons and the Sharks, and and moving forward into next week. I think it's going to be a blockbuster, but you know, with the, with the Dragons picking up the two points against the Dogs late on the weekend, um, they're now they've now won two in a row, once against Manly and now against the the Doggies, and yeah, they're they're I mean, you can't really take too much out of a Bulldogs win to be fair, but the Bulldogs are always gritty, so the Dragons they stuck they hung tough and and they deserve to get that win just for hanging in tough. Mm. Now, you come up against a Sharks side who took care of the Warriors on the weekend and they've taken care of you know, the Titans and a few other of the lower teams in the comp. And everyone's talking about how the Sharks are now moved into the eight. And I just think for both sides, being a local derby, this is going to be huge. They're both going to get up for it. And it's it's a good test for the Dragons to see how far they have come since copping all the criticism at the start of the year. But also for the Sharks who, you know, they've been running red hot at the moment you know, tailing up, you know, the, the bottom four teams, essentially. But how will they go against a team now that, you know, people have earmarked as bottom four? They're going all right now. How will they go? Can they, will they tail them up? Or 
and do the job on them or will they struggle or will they get beat so I think that's one to watch out for on the weekend both sides always fire up for that local derby so yeah that's my one to look out for the week and and I'm interested to see how both teams yeah go because they're both on winning streaks at the moment Mm. Mm. and now we look at one of my smokies for the year and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty chuffed with this so far anyway the Newcastle Knights have moved inside the top four with their win over the Rabbits on the weekend. Um, they did get complacent late in that game, which would be disappointing um, for everyone there. And it was because they were up twenty. I think it was nil. twenty nil, and they end up winning twenty to eighteen. Yeah, but again, similar to the reaction of Benji Marshall, uh, Fox Sports spoke to Kalen Ponga and uh, Mitchell Pearce after the game, and. Even though they just won and they had every right to be happy because they played 70 minutes of great football and just 10 minutes of of a bit of a brain fart, I think. Mm. Um, Their reaction after the game was not how well we played, not what we did well, but how we can improve and and how how disappointed they were that they let that complacency slip into their game and it's not what they're about. And that, for me, just showed a lot of character and I just think showed where the team's actually at. It wasn't like... You know, they weren't cheering and yahooing because they put on a good display. I think between them, they set up a couple tries each. Kalen Ponga had something like eight tackle breaks or 12 tackle breaks or something ridiculous like this. Uh, played out of their skin, scored tries, all that sort of stuff. But their comments were more on how we can improve and how we don't want to let that happen again. I think that's mm. that's a really good sign of where they're, <laughs> the team's headspace is at the moment. And, and that's a credit to, obviously, the coach as well. Yeah, well, they probably know that, you know, as good as they could play... They come up against the Roosters. A, they're not going to be up twenty nil at any stage. But also, B, if they are up and they let their game slip, Roosters are going to put up twenty points on them. So um, they know that they've got to find ways to improve and, and get better. And yeah, I'm I'm glad that you've picked one. Yeah, glad that you picked That's one. It's looking good. And I just want to I want to um, give a shout out to a bloke who's probably I think underrated in that night side at the moment. I feel like he's probably. Um, He's filled a gap. The Knights had a gap at the 5'8 position. They didn't know sort of who was going to go in there. And they put Kurt Mann in there. And, you know, no disrespect to Kurt Mann, but at the start of the year, I think most people were sort of going, he's just there to fill a bit of a role. You know, it's going to be the Pearson Ponga show. Yeah, he, hopefully he can just do enough to support the team to, to get them winning. But I'll read some stats for you. Um, from from uh, Mann... And this is compared to Cameron Munster and Jack White, who are regarded as probably you know two of the most dominant five eights in the competition. So Munster currently has one try, Whiten has four tries, Kurtman has five. So he, he he trumps them there. In try assists, Munster has four try assists, Whiten has three, Kurtman has five. So he trumps them there again. In line breaks for the year, Munster has two, Whiten has two, Kurtman has three. Beats them again. And the fourth stat I've got, average metres per game, Munster and Whiten with 101, Kurt Mann, 110. Mm. Now, statistically, he's been a better 5'8 than those two great players at the moment. And for me, he's just doing he's doing more than just filling a role for the Knights. And he's really, really making a difference there. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to credit that to the coach and, and obviously the players around him. But if he keeps that going and Pierce and Ponga play well and they get, you know, Big clamour and the Fafiti, uh, Saifidi brothers moving forward up front. You know, 
they're going to be they're certainly going to be looking at some finals footy, and I think that's really exciting for them. And yeah, just just a props to Kurt Mann really for um for for really digging in in a position where I think most people probably were writing him off, and and yeah, he was just going to be a fill in, but he's really made that role his own now, and he's statistically there. He's put his hand up as one of one of the best five eights in the comp at the moment. So. Mm. Mm. Well, Where's he? He from? Is he a Queenslander or? He is actually a Queenslander. Yeah, so he could be he could be a smoky for you know a number fourteen, you know, bent interchange spot for the Queensland yeah. side at the end of the year or something like that. Um, what about Whiten? Where's he from? He's New South he's Wales. New South Wales. Yeah, yeah. So bugger him then. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And then lastly, from this week, we've got the Panthers. Now, did you know the Panthers are the second youngest team in the competition, and they currently lead it. Is so, it, you you know me very well. I know most things, and yes, I did know that. Did you? There you go. Well, they are the second youngest team in the comp, and a lot of the time we talk about youth and and how that can be obviously an advantage, but certainly have a disadvantage there as well. At the moment, though, the Panthers aren't they just flying? They've um, they're absolutely killing it. They're looking good, and deservedly sit on top. And I, you know, it's obviously a team performance, but two blokes that stand out for me this year. Uh, firstly, is James Fisher-Harris. He's had an enormous year in the front row position. Now, he averages 60 minutes of footy, and in that 60 minutes, he averages 199 run metres, 38 tackles, and his tackle efficiency is at 92%. So he rarely misses, and he just he's just an absolute workhorse. He gets them moving forward and allows my second player, Nathan Cleary, to do his job. Absolutely, just guide the team around. And I, I, honestly, I love watching the Panthers at the moment, the way that they attack. I'm really enjoying watching Nathan Cleary, the way that he goes to the line. He just changes the tempo up. Jogs to the line, and then shorts, fast movements, sets players up on the outside. All shows and goes himself like he did on the weekend and scores mm. good tries. How, how long do we have to wait until we see Panthers and Roosters play one another? Well, they actually played each other earlier in the year, oh, and the okay. Panthers won. This was before the, the COVID break, oh. I think in round... Round one or two. Yep. And Panthers actually won. Um, so, uh, you know, I can't wait to see that again. I think that's you know, that'll be a blockbuster for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the Panthers, they're going great guns. And something that really impressed me on the weekend was not just Cleary's attack, but his defence. There was two efforts in a row. He absolutely, you know, he's, he's a smaller bloke, and he absolutely put his body on the line. He smashed someone in a tackle. He was fully pumped up. And then he jumps out of marker and hits uh, Cohen Hess up under the ribs and forces an error. Two big tackles in a row. And he was just that pumped up. And uh, I saw some vision of big Viliami kick out the, the second rower as Cleary's yahoo and wahoo. And, and he actually gave the second rower a push in the back, who's probably 30 kilos um, heavier than him. And you could just see kick out as he had this just this smile on his face. And it just, to me, that was like, Go, little fella, and uh, and we got you back. And I think just a really good team feel at the moment for the mm. Panthers. So mm. good things ahead for them. Very good. Uh, and moving quickly just into this week, I've got two games to watch out for. Uh, apart, We've already talked about the Sharks and the Dragons. So two other games. Firstly, the Eels and the Tigers. Now, the bookies have the Tigers at $3.35. And I just think that's way overs. Now, I'll, I don't think I'm going to touch that myself. I think the Eels will probably still win. However, I see this being a really, really close game. Mm. The Tigers are, again, I know they only put they 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 beat the Broncos last week convincingly. And that's you know we're not saying that's good form as such, but they still won well. And I just think with uh, Maguire, the coach, 
showing that he's willing to drop players. I think he's just got their mind on the job here, and I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a really really quality game. I think with yeah. uh, with the Eels who had their yeah. first loss. Well, that, that on, tells on me. Week, so they're coming back off a loss. Coming back off a loss and hope. You know, potentially that switches him back on as well, and that's it. Um, they could come out really fine, but I, I agree. I don't think Tigers deserve to be three dollars fifty odds. No. And the interesting thing about this, just quickly, is Ryan Madison, who played for the Tigers last year, now plays for the Eels. There's been some talk this week. Um, an unknown source from the Tigers has potentially leaked. Now, I think this is all hearsay, and it just it doesn't really. I think it's just a bit of a beat up for this game. But when he left, supposedly he told the Tigers that. They'll never win a premiership, and that's why he's leaving. So there's a bit of bad blood there, and I just think I think it's going to be a fiery game. I think it's going to be exciting to watch. So, and it happens on Thursday night. So get keen Thursday night footy, two nights time. Yeah, and, so uh, how good is it? I then? think it's going to be good. Two more nights until footy starts again. That's it. That's awesome. it. Awesome. And then the last game, or well, not the last game of the round, but uh, my second pick here for to watch out for is the Raiders versus the Bunnies. Now, really importantly here for the Raiders, can they back up that huge performance they put on the, the Roosters the week before? And for the Bunnies, I'm just not really sure what to make of them at the moment. They, um, I don't know. Like, they've probably. got the team that, that should probably be doing all right. They're still sitting uh, around the eight. Probably another team that are hanging in there, but they're not just doing hanging in there. Special. And yeah. I just think if they want to, yeah, if they want to turn their season on, this is a sort of a game that I think they really need to grab by the horns and. And you know, go hard here, uh, and for that reason, both teams a lot on the line and a lot to prove. I think it's going to be a cracker, and I think it's going to go down to the wire. And I think Raiders in a close one. Mm. Well, All positive stuff. Well, one negative thing to finish this off, and it is about the Broncos. So go on. I'm not picking on the Broncos here, but what about Corey Oates's injury? Oh, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't watch the game myself because the AFL was on. Yep. But I went to training the next morning and one of the fellows at training, also a Bronco supporter, said to me, did you see Corey Oates fracture his leg and he careers over? And I went, oh, bugger. Because me and him are like the same bloke, same size, yeah, yeah, same yeah, body. We've seen the photo. Same, I'll put the photo up. Actually, same body type, etc. Um, and said, look, his compound fracture of his leg looked absolutely horrible. Turns out it's just an enormous hematoma. Um, and it didn't look like there was anything much in it. So <laughs> The tackle it, looked pretty, pretty yeah. normal, you know? Yeah. It looked like a horrific injury. He pumped down some green whistles pretty quick. He quickly. was chewing on the green whistle for As that. As it would be. <laughs> As it would be. It was, it was nasty no matter what. It was. But uh, sounds like he'll be back within a few weeks. Yeah, it could be back as early as like yeah. next week. Yeah, amazing, hey? Yeah. And to think it could have potentially been... Career ending, hundred percent. Like you don't come back real quick from from a compound fracture. No, especially in your femur. No, That's not huge. in your femur. Like you know, um, but yeah, amazing. So yeah, we should probably put some footage up of that if we can find it. I will, and I also put the photo up of you two getting a photo together where you look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, you don't actually. Uh, the only reason you know it's Corey is because he has a Broncos jersey. <laughs> I've got a Fit Lab shirt on, so um, like if we swapped, you'd be like, oh, who's that bloke? Is that Corey Oates? You don't know. So cool. <laughs> All right, mate. What's going on in the AFL? Well, mate, uh, lots of lots of stuff. You didn't talk about any of the, you know, like Cowboys coaches leaving or anything like that. So, no negative stuff tonight. No, nah, no negative. I mean, staying away from the media. Oh, look, I just think that oh, we'll touch on it quickly. Then we got 
you've got coaches leaving and, and talk of coaches again this year, and I think all it comes down to is teams are starting to look ahead to next year, and they're looking at their recruitment. Now, obviously, Paul Green isn't a part of the Cowboys' plans moving forward, nor was Dean Pay from the Bulldogs. And what's happened is they're trying to ice a coach so that when they're recruiting, players know exactly who the coach are. Because without it, you know, if, if you're recruiting to a club, first question, one of the first questions probably are, who's the coach? Who's my coach, yeah. Um, who's, who am I getting coached by? And if you've got no idea and you're like, oh, it's up in the air, then your recruiting's going to suck. Yeah. And so these decisions have to be made. Now, I don't necessarily agree that, um, you know, they've just been sacked from now, can't even see out the season. Uh, you know, it, one of those subjects where it's sort of, again, it's annoying. Why do we have contracts if, if we're just going to rip them up halfway through things? But at the end of the day, it is a business, isn't it? And, you know, it, it's performance-driven. And yeah. if you're not performing, then changes need to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was nice to hear, though, I heard a report today that the Broncos are back in Seabold into the end of the year and, and it gets reviewed then. So at least he's, you know, he's just got that bit of security and he knows that he's got the chance to end of the year to make up for any bad losses he's had. And whether he does or not, it's a different story, but at least, at least you got that bit of loyalty and... Um, yeah, you know, as a coach, you've got the ability to to turn it around. We've got yeah, you've got time. I think you know the the Cowboys and the uh, the Dogs. They probably have had time over the last couple of years, and performances just haven't been up to scratch. And yeah. they've obviously decided that we're going to go a different way. Yeah. Seabold's obviously very new to the Broncos, so you can I guess you can maybe understand why they haven't jumped ship so quickly and given him. I think they've given him like a, he's got to win ten games for the rest of the year or yeah. something. Um, otherwise, he's gone, which is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big ask considering we're at round nine. So probably say put a multi on. And he's only got that. you know he's only at two. He's gonna win eight of like the last yeah you know eleven or something. Yeah. So it's a good luck. Or twelve. So yeah yeah. Alrighty, AFL time. Um, we'll start off with the Thursday night game that lost us our first fifty bucks on Project Cash. Cats versus Collingwood. Disappointing from the Cats. They ended up stringing not a bad three quarter game together. Two second, third, and fourth quarter. But the the cat uh, the pies were just way too strong in the first quarter. They just got too far behind, didn't they? Got well, too far like, couldn't couldn't bridge it. But no one could have kept up with Collingwood at the intensity they had in that first quarter. You'd be you'd be hard pressed to. I will make mention of it again, but uh, I felt like from the very outset the umps were kind of on the Collingwood side. Um, you saw the first mark from Degali, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He's jumped up, for the guys who didn't see it. The ball's about two metres away from his hands. The referee's blown the whistle before he's touched the footy, called a mark, and he's dropped it. Stone cold. I've seen, I've seen so many other drop balls that have held onto it for so much longer. Hawkins had about a 16-touch fumble and didn't get paid a mark. But yet, Dugowie clean drops it and still gets paid a mark before he had even touched the footy. Goes back and nails the goal. And Pies just get on a massive roll from there. And geez, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying one mark decision would make or break the game, but I just feel like that's a bit. No, it's tough to swallow sometimes, you know, changes momentum and things like that. Well, there was no momentum, it was just like the first call. That's what I mean. Like, well, hits a goal, and but they got they got on a roll from that. Didn't they, they built what? the momentum didn't from there. They so what? and to go end up kicking five goals, so you can't take away take away one goal from him. I think, and he still kicks four goals probably. Yeah, but um, yeah, geez, we lost our fifty bucks there anyway. So 
but the pies did show why they deserve to be up in the top four. And um, I think that's why. So um, Bombers against the Dogs. Now, you took the Bombers here, but I backed the Dogs in. I've got them as a smoky in for the eight. Mm. And they proved why. They brought that intensity they had again from sort of that 26. And we t- spoke about it two weeks ago when they... Who'd they beat two weeks ago? I can't quite remember. But they... they GWS? Yeah, yeah come out and, and really put a good number on Giants. Then they turn around and get flogged by Carlton next week. And then another week later, they come out and just really fire up against Bombers. All, all they've got to do is string a few good weeks of footy together. And we're back talking like they're, they're up in the top four again. They've, they've got a really strong list, especially through the midfield, um, with some good young players and enough um, support up front and back that they can challenge the best teams. Their trick is just putting together four quarters of footy in multiple weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, they, they're hot and cold at the moment. So um, I'm not going to put them down as premiership you know, contenders just yet, but I still think they can make the top eight if they keep their, um, their form up um, and uh, get there. And same with the Bombers. That they deserve a, a sort of wrap there if they can hold some consistent form too. Um, what I thought was going to be one of the rounds of the game, Giants versus Lions. It was a great, great um, sort of battle between the two, but very glad to see... The Lions come out on top. Why are you laughing? <laughs> For anyone that's got a, a key near there, uh, Corey just said rounds of the game. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> good. Couldn't contain myself. Sorry, I've got to call you out of it. Can't All right, well, up like that. now we've got to go and edit the show for the next four hours, so thanks for <laughs> keeping up until midnight. Um, all right, rounds of the game. Go on. The rounds of the game was G- Giants versus Lions. Yep. Um, and it was a great game, and good to see the Lions step up, put a, put a bit of a, a um, show on against the Giants, and prove why they deserve to be one of the premiership contenders. Yeah, definitely. And I think we talked about this last week, about how this was a big game for obviously mm. both sides. Both sides, yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the Lions coming off their loss against the Cats after a big win against Port the week before. Yeah. Big couple of weeks, and this is going to be, again, just that test to see, you know, a bit of character, see where yeah. they're at. Yep. And they come out and they, they did a really good job. And, you know, take nothing away from GWS. I think they're still good. They, but They played very well. As we did say last week, they're, they're now they still have... They've got a few losses under the belt now, so they really do need to start turning around very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because... Um, or scary, I think. You can't have, have a, a few more compounding in a short short competition. Well, this is where it gets a bit scary for Giant supporters. They're backing up against Richmond next week. Who haven't been going particularly well, but I've noted down here... They've snuck into the top four somehow. I I don't know how. Richmond. Yeah, yeah. I do not know how they've done this. They're under the radar, mate. Because they. I thought they were flat out. I thought they were like fourteenth. Yeah. So they have snuck in to they're well into the eight. Oh, then there's heaps of teams on sixteen points. Yeah. So we're talking like, I think third, um, third down to like ninth is on sixteen points. Something like that. Don't quote me, but. Yeah. Um, so they're only just about there. If they one more loss and they're back under the out of the eight sort of thing. Yeah. But um, geez, like they've somehow got to this fourth position. Um, I I really did not expect. That. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Yeah. But that surprised uh, me as well. That's scary for the Giants because yeah, if they go down again, they're starting to really look like they're. I think that'll put them at three and five. Mm. Then so that starts to get a bit um sketchy especially in this short season. so Yeah, and especially, as you just said, the competition's so close at the moment. 
Oh yeah, you know, it's very close. Again, yeah. probably to ninth there. There's only another win to like probably like fourteenth, like separating everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, again, like I don't know how much it will affect it at the end of the year, but the percentage is very close. Yeah. Um, as well, um, I suppose because the the games aren't becoming enormous blowouts, so teams aren't able to get sixty points on the Suns like they did last year. Yeah. And you know, boost their percentage up by ten percent. Um, because first of all, Suns are beating them. Yeah. Um, but also, they're just you're not be able to put sixty points on a team. You know, a, a flogging at the moment is probably forty point, thirty, forty points. Yeah, it's even even getting the forty um, sometimes is a bit tough, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, now next game of the round was Swans and Suns, and boy, I was very happy to see Suns go here and Rankin to kick the first goal again. Yeah, well, this is actually where this good good little story about this one. I just checked my tips. I actually tipped the Swans. You did. I did. Oh. But I, but in all, like I had a multi going that I actually ended up getting up, which I was pretty happy about. Yeah. yeah. I had the Suns in the multi, so I don't know what I've, I don't know what I've done. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'm pretty happy that I'd take the money over. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Just a point over you, anyway. So. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't blame. But no, great to see the Suns and um, interesting to see Matt Roel up there studying the whole game. He's. I can't wait for him to be back and see what Suns can do next year. I can't wait to see him and Rankin together. Oh, wow. Yeah, along, be... with, along with, the re- you know, taking nothing away from the other, the rest of the, the team who are going great guns at the moment, but you had those two young blokes in there. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? The team that they are honestly building with King up in the forwards as their key forward, Sam Collins down back as a Harris Andrews type body. He's, he's enormous and he's yeah. only early 20s, I think. And then their midfield with... You know, a couple of guys like Lockie Weller, Took Miller, who are in their prime at the moment. They're not Lockie Neal. Like, yep. They're not at that sort of level. But they are very, very good midfielders. And then Rowell, Rankin, um, Sexton as well, um, playing sort of a centre-half board. Shows, I don't know, I'd maybe get on the Suns bandwagon if you're not an AFL fan. Yep. The next couple of years could be very good for you, so... Um, next round of the game, and like I said, um, Tigers managed to sneak in the top four. They did put a, a big score on um, the Roos. I think the Roos kicked like, I don't know, two goals, three or something like that. They were woeful. It was, it was bad to watch because, I don't know, like you kind of would hope that Ben Brown would step up and take a mark or two. He just couldn't even grab the footy. Um, it, was, it was bad, and Tigers... I didn't think they actually played fantastically, but um, geez, they really pumped them, didn't they? What is it? Twenty three points, three goals, something. Yeah, so it's fifty four points difference. Yeah, eleven eleven to two eleven. So yeah. they had kicked two goals. They had some opportunities, game. but um, just were never never near kicking a goal really. So, no. um, but yeah, Tigers have snuck into the top four, so that was um, that's uh, interesting for them. Now the next game, which. No one. I would not have picked this. Game of the year. Game of the year. Surely. Game of the year. Game of the year, I'm calling it. And definitely round of the game. You've done it back. No, I'm just kidding. Game of the round. (laughs) Game of the round. Robbie Gray kicking a goal on the siren. How good. Like, it takes a special... It wasn't just an easy goal in front of you. No, no. It takes a special... One of the hardest spots to kick a goal from. Special play to kick that goal. Um... But wow, what a game. It was just on from the, the get-go. Yeah. Um, and like Carlton really, really stuck it to Port Adelaide. It looked like they were going to win. I, I had all hope lost that 
I wasn't not going to win my multi. Yep. Um, I thought Carlton are going to come over the top here and just just uh, dust them. Uh, where is Carlton sitting at the moment? They they're, must be outside the eight. They're now eleven, so they're they're the one win outside the eight. Now. Yeah, but if they could have if they could have won that, they would have been right up in the sort of six and seven, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And geez, I don't know. Like if they put on that performance, I still like them as a smoky. I, I really do. I'm starting to believe a little bit. I'm starting to believe now. Get they do. The bandwagon. They do have North this week, so if they can probably put a hundred on them, if they, do, <laughs> if they can play like they did against um, Port Adelaide, they'll kick a hundred points. I think. Yeah. Which if they if you kick a hundred points in this time, they'll that'll win you the game. Yeah. I think I heard somewhere that if you kick ten goals, if you first kick ten goals. Every game so far is one you've won. So, yeah. but not every game's also gone to ten goals either. So true. Um, How about Charlie Dixon? Mm, weapon, hey. I just thought he played yeah, unreal, and they just kept doing the same thing. But Carlton never really yeah. changed tactics, did they? No, but like they, it looked... they, they trusted the process, which it was yeah. going well. I mean, what Charlie ended up kicking four, four goals. But I think up to oh, I don't know the exact stats here, but I think up to like. Half time, he was targeted fifteen times. Yeah, for inside fifty. So that means basically like half the time they were kicking straight to him. And to, for the game, like if they doubled that, say he even had twenty five targets, kicks four goals, um, couple of free free kicks in there that Jones gave away. I I reckon he'd done a pretty good job because yeah. on a lesser defender, he could have probably kicked eight goals. Yeah, um, which is which is amazing, and you know. It, Jones probably looks bad because he's got four goals against his name as, you know, fullback there. But um, I think he did well. Well, I'm just looking here. He actually kept him to three goals, four. There you go. So even better than what we thought. Yeah. So he probably did have, what, seven opportunities? Seven. Yeah, so... That's a lot of opportunities in the game. It is, but he didn't convert. And and he missed... I don't know if you saw the one. He missed a... I reckon a sitter, really. Yeah. He was sort of almost right in front. He can tend to do that. Shanked it um, hit the post. I wouldn't tell this to his face. But he can tend to miss the easy ones. Yeah. Just like you go, what the hell was that? Yeah. And Casbolt's the same down the other oh end. Oh my goodness, that's heartbreaking. The oh. same thing. It's, yeah. He well, took it on the box, like. I got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's hit the post. So I just couldn't believe it. Anyway. I'm not going to claim to be able to kick all those goals that those guys do, but. Nah, definitely not. If you're missing those ones, how how do you expect to kick the hard one? I don't know. But anyway. Um, so that was, yeah, you're definitely right. Game of the round, 100%. Um, Hawks versus Demons then. Um, I kind of expect it to be a bit of a nothing game. And honestly, it was, apart from the fact that Demons strung together four good quarters of football and um, did a number on the Hawks really at the end of the day. Um, it's very refreshing. I think I said this last week. I'm going to repeat my words, but refreshing to see the Hawks losing. I love it. <laughs> you're it's, loving it. Yeah. So, Wayne Carlish is just not a happy man at Tuesday, Thursday morning training, which is good. Um, but yeah, Demons should have showed a bit of the quality they have. But again, sort of like your, your Bombers and your um, Bulldogs, they've got to be consistent. If yep. not, they, um, they just go downhill. Um, Crows versus the Saints last night. Um, that was a, a bit of an up and down game. I just didn't catch it all. But uh, the Saints clearly too strong in the end. Bit of controversy for some bad calls. Um, but, uh, yeah, Saints too strong, which I thought they would have been. Uh, and the last game, which I've just skipped past, West was, Coast yeah. and Fremantle. I, I wanted to finish with West okay, Coast. Okay, there you go. I thought, I thought there was a trick to it. 
Yeah. Is oh, that because no. you've made it back into the eight now? Look, I mean, you know, you've got to really give it to West Coast. When they turn it on, they are red hot and it would it would take a, a good team to beat them, um, which they've obviously been beaten. But Kennedy kicks four goals, um, plenty of opportunity. Waterman kicks a couple. If they can get Jack Darling firing and taking some marks, um, he did kick two goals, did he? Yeah. Yeah, but he honestly, like, you wouldn't have known he was playing unless you you read the score sheet. Um, well, yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, if he can start firing as well, they targeted those big guys in forward. You've got Liam Ryan, um, you've got Archie, um, you've got Jared Cameron running past. They'll kick a lot of goals and they'll uh, be right there up at the end. So, pretty keen to see them in the next few weeks now that they're back at home, which would be good. Definitely. Now, I want to finish off uh, my AFL week with our AFL Education Series, Episode 4, mm-hmm. sponsored by Cassie Thomas. Um, so if you want to be a sponsor of any of our segments, make sure you hit us up. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the, uh, what it means when it gets called ball. So do you know what I'm talking about there, Zach? No. Oh, you know how when we went to the game together, everyone yells out, ball, like that? Yep, yep. All right. This is a bit of controversy at the moment because the referees seem to change their mind each week. This is holding the ball? This is holding the ball. So this is when you get caught holding <coughs> the ball. So when you get tackled with yep. the ball. Um, the referees seem to be flipping each week between either too extreme or too... Lenient. Lenient. And only in round six... Way, way extreme. Like it was honestly a split second between getting the ball, you got tackled, they were calling a ball. And the idea behind holding the ball for a free kick is that you're supposed to have prior opportunity to get rid of the ball. Yeah. So, say last year, if you had caught the ball and stepped and then got tackled, that would have constituted a, a call to say, holding the ball, turn over, other team gets a free kick. Two weeks ago, it was if you touched the ball while getting tackled, it seemed like you were getting Pinned. holding the ball. Yeah. And the way players started to get around it last week is they would just drop to the ground straight away. Yeah. So it looked like it was all simultaneous. And then they started to clue onto it a bit. But if players tried to fight the tackle and say held it for a few seconds, they'd get called holding the ball. And there was a lot of controversy over it because this, it just seemed to be such a quick call and the players were not getting any opportunity at all. Yeah. Fast forward to last week and all of a sudden it seems like they've got the, all their opportunity again. And they were trying to, I guess, speed up the, the gameplay. And that's what the, the AFL is trying to do. They're trying to speed it up so you get more scores, get the ball out. But again, you're just trying to manipulate something each week and the players have no consistency. So yeah. that's why... They're so confused and they get up and go like, well, that was ball last week. Why is it not called now? So to get called ball, Dave, what you're supposed to do is if you take possession of the ball and you take a step and get tackled, that means you get a penalty awarded against you and the other team get the free kick. Yeah. So I think they should go back to just what the rule book says, but they seem to just try and manipulate it each week to, to just try and speed the game up somehow. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, no, I agree. Rules are rules. I've said this before. Rules are rules, Macca. And, yeah. you know, there's no, it seems, yeah, outside point of view coming in here, 
this is getting a little bit technical now, um, but it seems like there's a rule there. It's pretty black and white. There's not real, no, there's not, you know, there's, there's going to be different instances, but you're going to pretty well know if someone's holding, got caught for holding the ball or whether it's, you know, ball up. Yeah, it's, it's very subjective. So there's no objective, like, clock time or anything like that. It's the referee's discretion. Yeah. But, but you but, can clearly see if someone's, you know, got 100%. time, has tried to, you know, tried to turn, looked around, and it's just got hit with the footy. Or if someone's literally just took possession of the footy yeah. and, and yeah. hasn't had a chance to get rid of it. Yeah. Is it's what, got to what be, I'm trying to say there, I guess. They've got to build in consistency for the referees. Yeah. There's, oh, it's the umpires. And you can't. Yeah, that's that's what that's where fans and, and players and coaches, everyone and even referees as well, that everyone gets frustrated then because you just don't have the consistency. Yeah. So you just need to, you know, whether if they if they're going to change it and it's going to be like you know they're calling it change straight away, year. change it for the whole year. Just go, just go with it then. Like that's what you want, but don't yeah don't flip back and forth week to week because that's when you know teams get annoyed because they've lost a game potentially because of a call like that. Fans get disgruntled because. You know, we're emotional people, fans. Like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you know, we absolutely love our sport, and and if your team gets what you'd say robbed of a call or whatever, you're gonna. Most people start to in this day and age just get on social like, media, like crying, like you do at work, or hammering. Yeah, well, they start crying at work. work like yeah. you gotta you gotta let it out somehow. Exactly. And and then everyone just gets disappointed and, and disgruntled with it and goes, oh. You know, the game's not what it used to be and all this sort of stuff. But if you just have some consistency, then no yeah, one talks it about works. it. No yeah. one talks about it. Well, look, I think the NRL have actually done it quite well with the 6 again rule. I didn't like it, as I said vocally nine weeks ago. Yeah. I said, well, I think it's a bit dumb. Changing the rule, just get on with it and stop making changes. But they've been very consistent, I feel. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably something that's gone well is the fact that there hasn't been, you know, it's obviously a discretional thing as well, but mm. there hasn't generally been a whole lot of one-way traffic. And if it is, it's, you know, everyone can purely see it's because that team's trying to bend the rules and they're, they're not getting away with it anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. and everyone's going, well, this is great because it's getting rid of that wrestle, which is exactly what it was there for. So, yeah. Yeah. again, consistency. They've changed the rule. You've got it consistent. No one's talking about it. No one yeah. even talks about 6 again. No, they anymore. don't. Yeah, it's just a thing. You yeah. barely even talk about penalties even more. Yeah. And it's because, you know, because of the six again, there's less penalties in the game because they used to just be penalties. Yeah. Whereas now you might get five or six yeah. sets, uh, resets. But no one talks about that because it's just, the game just goes, it's it's over. It just keeps going. You've, yeah. got, you've got no time to talk about it. I would, you can't sit there and complain about a penalty because it's over. Yep. You barely see it. So I would, I'll, I'll eat my words from two months ago because I, I actually like it now. Well, so. I, I will too, actually, because I, I, remember, I remember that first week I, I hated it. I sat on the fence. I kind of liked it. I sat on the fence. I didn't like it. So I changed my mind three or four times. But I think, so, you know, at the moment, going really well. And it's, mm. it, as Agreed. long as, again, it stays consistent. So bloody AFL arms. It'll be fine. Get your consistency on. That's Please. It. For us. Now, before we go, two um, games of the round. Very quickly, Giants and Tigers is, is my number one. I want to see, first of all, whether Giants can hang in there for a, a chance of sort of being up in the top four. Mm-hmm. And I also want to see if Tigers deserve to be in the top four. I yep. think that'll be a good game. If Tigers go and win, I'll say, yep, I was right in that call at the start of the year. They should have been up there. Because they've are out. they got some star players out. Yeah. 
Um, Giants, same thing. If they can, if they can win as well, then we'll know that they're definitely uh, a contender as well. Um, so great game there. Second, second game, and look, I'm gonna probably guess grand final preview here. Oh, repeat of 2018. Big call. Well, I don't even know if it's a big call. This is probably a dollar. Big 50, call. Probably dollar fifty odds. This. Here we go. West Coast Eagles, Collingwood, over in Perth, cracking game. Let's get it on. If you if you got a spare bit of time on Sunday, make sure you watch this game. Oh, please do. Make sure you turn on the telly. Turn on the telly. Come over to my house. We'll put the KO on, and we'll watch uh, West Coast towel up Collingwood. Cannot wait. Alrighty. Well, that's that's me done. Excellent, mate. So, got through a bit tonight. We've got our multis on. Got our tips for the week. We know who's won the golf Join prize. Winner. Yep. Well done again, Josh, if you're still listening. Come on, mate. Jack. Jack. Sorry, Jack. Gee whiz. Mate. Sorry, Jack. Had a shocker tonight. <laughs> Absolute shocker. All right. Hope you have a good game of round of golf. <laughs> all right. We'll leave it there. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll catch you all next week. See you later. So, yeah.